Michael Mauer, number two of the Bill Michael Show. Good to have you on board today. Get ready for uh, games tomorrow. Games that are going to matter tomorrow, actually, which is uh, which is nice. We've gotten some real uh, clunkers when it comes to games on Thanksgiving Day. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. If you're going to make it a celebration throughout the holiday season, make it Forgotten Fire Winery. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. You can find them up in Peshtigo, Wisconsin, going for a tasting, or go to your grocery store, local liquor store, wine store, and ask for it by name. That is Forgotten Fire Winery. Good stuff from our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. There you go. Um... Uh, 877-867-1670, our buddy Mark Schofield, uh, SB Nation, at Mark Schofield uh, over on Twitter, joining us now on the hotline. Mark, how are you doing? Happy Thanksgiving, man. Happy Thanksgiving, Bill. Great to be with you today. So let's start with, uh, we'll, we'll start here in our own backyard, Aaron Rodgers and company. Uh, another loss to put into the uh, put into the books, so to speak. Rodgers now talking about the contemplation of life after football. There's a lot of decisions to be made. The defense is woefully underperforming right now. Give me your thoughts on this team. Yeah, I mean, I think woefully underperforming is kind of the best way to describe this this team. I mean, this was a team that we thought going into the season, you know, was going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah, I remember talking with you back in the summer and throughout the start of the season, like, look, you've got 12, you've got a shot. There were thoughts that this defense, which, like you said, has underperformed, was going to be a reason that if there were any struggles on the offensive side of the ball, if there was sort of a slow acclimation process for these rookie receivers to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers, that this defense was going to be able to sort of carry the day, give them some short fields, generate some turnovers, create some opportunities for this Packers offense. And none of it has really come together. In recent weeks, yes, we've seen Christian Watson sort of you know, take a step forward, and it seems like maybe that relationship has been blossoming with him and Aaron Rodgers. He's put up some big numbers. It seems like, okay, now they have the wide receiver that they need going forward, but it's a case of perhaps too little too late. And it's coming at a stretch of the season, which, as we talked about last week, is going to be a very difficult stretch. Yes, they get the win over Dallas, a fantastic win in overtime. Makes you think, okay, they're going to turn around a loss to Tennessee. Now you've got a game at Philadelphia, obviously, this weekend, game at Chicago, which looks a little bit different from when these two teams played earlier in the season. Thankfully, that bye is going to come to give them a chance to reset. But with Miami and Minnesota and even a feisty Detroit team in the last week of the season, it's hard to see things improving. It's hard to see this team making a run to the playoffs, given where they stand right now, given the teams that they would have to leapfrog along the way. And now when you have Rodgers sort of contemplating life after football, when you have report after report wondering, okay, when is it time to see Jordan Love? It makes you think that, yeah, you know, this season is sort of winding down here earlier than, earlier than we expected, and it is just a case of a team just really underwhelming from start to finish. How do you go about putting Jordan Love in, sitting Aaron Rodgers, and not either, one, offending him, or, or two, trying, you know, because you got to figure out if you don't know already, you got to at least see him in some games to say, okay, what do we have in Jordan Love? Because you got to make a decision at the end of the year. I mean, you would assume. And if Rodgers is still not sure as to what it is he wants to do, how, how do you, outside looking in, I mean, here to me, I think you kind of let Aaron Rodgers make that decision. 
But there's a lot of people clamoring for Jordan Love saying, you got to find out what you got in this guy because if, if, if Aaron Rodgers decides not to come back, do you go with him? Or if Rodgers does come back, do you trade Jordan Love away and then get a higher draft choice as a quarterback or another one number one wide receiver or something to that effect? you got a lot of decisions to make this year. Yeah, I mean, there are a ton of decisions that this organization faces. And it has to start, I think, with figuring out exactly what they have in Jordan Love. Now, it's always interesting to me, we, we – we always sort of just use that phrase on the outside looking in, right? The team has to figure out what they have in this guy. They've got to, I think by and large, and, and from seeing how other teams have faced similar decisions, the teams know what they have. I mean, they get a chance to see these guys in training camp, in practice, in meetings. We have this idea, this notion that like you have to see actual NFL regular season game action for a team to decipher what they have in a player, particularly at the quarterback position. But oftentimes, he knows what they have, especially with somebody like Jordan Love. This isn't his rookie season. He's been around for a while. He's made an NFL start. Now, I still think that they probably want to give him another opportunity of, you know, a, a start or two at the end of the season, an opportunity to approach the week as the full-time starter and then learn from that experience, learn from playing in that game and then playing one more week. So it wouldn't surprise me if the last two weeks of the season you do see Jordan Love. But it's a bigger picture that they have to deal with. Because, of course, there's the Rodgers portion to this. What, is this. what does he decide to do? And what he's talking about, again, life after football and what he's going to do when he steps away from the game. It makes you wonder, okay, do they have to really address the quarterback position, even if they like what they see in love over the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months or what, they, what they've what they seen from him so far? Because if Rodgers decides to retire or step away or if you're not sure, you have to plan that he plan for a life without him. Maybe you address quarterback via free agency, via veteran. Maybe you add, you know, a mid to later round pick at the quarterback position to make sure that you've got options at that position, the game's most important position. But this is the kind of scenario we've seen with other teams when you've got a veteran quarterback, when you're unsure of what he's going to do. You know, teams like New England have dealt with this. It's a tough situation. You know, hopefully they get clarification on that, both with respect to Love and Rogers sooner rather than later, because the longer this drags out, a fewer and fewer opportunities to address that position there will be. But it's not an easy situation. It's not an easy situation at all. Talking with Mark Schofield, SB Nation. Let's go to the games that are coming up uh, tomorrow. You've got hey, we've got good ones. Uh, you know, it's been a while since we've had really decent games, and you got the Bills who are reeling a little bit. You've got a hot Lions team right now back at home. The Bills stayed in Detroit. That kicks us off tomorrow. Uh, I mean, for the Lions, they're not going to the postseason, but they're trying to climb back to respectability. They get a win over the Bills, man. First of all, that would tell us the Bills are somewhat reeling, and the Lions maybe that thing for Dan Campbell is finally starting to come together. It almost feels like it's starting to come together for the Lions. I mean, you've seen what they've done in recent weeks, you know, the, the wins that they've been able to sort of string together, the, the way that they've played, you know, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, but really on the on both sides of the ball, you know, against Chicago a couple of weeks ago, you know, they get the one-point win, but then to beat, Dallas, beat the New York Giants, excuse me, last week was an impressive win. They've won three straight, a win over the Green Bay Packers. Aiden Hutchinson has started to sort of come into his own. You know, interestingly enough, one of the leading, you know, rookies in terms of interceptions, let alone sacks, which I think is a funny little stat there from Aiden Hutchinson. Obviously, he's more of a pass rusher. But they've put some wins together just when it felt like things were sort of spiraling away from Dan Campbell. They've sort of come back into the mix. So it's been impressive to see. But I think the bigger storyline, like you said, Bill, is the Buffalo Bills. You know, they haven't been playing good football lately. And 
you know, they lose to the Jets. You have the Josh Allen injury. They come back, they lose in that sort of head-scratching game against the Vikings where they can't execute the sneak. Yes, they got to win against the Browns under a strange set of circumstances where they had to travel on what was going to be a home game, but they didn't look great. You've got some people in the Buffalo area wondering if Allen's still hurt, if that elbow's still bothering them. They've had some turnovers. And so this is a curious game because both these teams, I think, need a win. Detroit to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Buffalo to sort of establish it. Look, look, we're still good because, you know, four weeks ago we were all saying, look, Buffalo's the team to beat in the AFC. Buffalo's the clear favorites in the AFC. Now that has changed a little bit. I think people are taking another look at Kansas City and what they've done over the past couple of weeks juxtaposed with what the Bills have done and said, no, no, not so fast. Maybe it's still Kansas City. So I think from Buffalo's perspective, they really want to put in a good performance and sort of say, hey, no, we're not going anywhere just yet. We're still the team to beat in the AFC. And they need a win to stay atop the AFC East, you know, because with that loss last, you know, two weeks ago, Miami was on a bye last week. Miami's kind of in the lead right now in that division. They already have a win against Buffalo head-to-head. Then you've got the game for the NFC East with the Giants, who got beat by the Lions, and which was somewhat surprising in the Meadowlands. Now they go on the road to take on the Cowboys, who absolutely dump-trucked an 8-2 and two Vikings team. Yeah, I mean, Dallas looks very dangerous right now. Uh, very, very dangerous. You look at that game against Minnesota. You look at what they did on the defensive side of the ball, the pressure they were able to get on Kirk Cousins early. I think Minnesota was like one of 11 on third downs. They couldn't extend drives. Dallas kept getting it off the field. Dak Prescott looks incredibly healthy right now. And this is that stretch of the schedule. You and, you and I have talked about this many times earlier this season. Well, we were going to really sort of see what the New York Giants were all about, right? Because they got off to the very good start and we're thinking, hey, maybe the Giants have something here. But now they're in that part of the schedule where they're going to get Dallas, they get Washington twice, they get Philadelphia twice, they're going to get the Vikings as well. This was that part of the schedule where we were going to find out if the Giants were for real or they sort of propped up by the team that they played in the first half of the season. And with the way it got off to that start against Detroit last week, and now we get into these couple of games, we're really going to know. Now, even if they sort of fade down the stretch here in this part of the schedule and they start playing the NFC East teams, it's still a lot better of a record in a season from the Giants than we thought. We thought this was a team that was going to be, you know, in the mix for the first overall pick. Brian Gable has done some very good things for this team in his first year as a head coach. But I think now we're seeing the difference between where this roster really was and where he thought it was going to be. Let's not forget their general manager, Joe Shane, said at the start of the year, look, this is a hand we were dealt. It's never good when a general manager says that, but he was brutally honest about where that roster was headed into the year. And I think we're starting to see that play out as we get here into November and December. You got the Patriots at 6-4. and four. They beat the Jets. The Jets have since uh, benched their young quarterback. In the meantime, they go into U.S. Bank Stadium coming up tomorrow and a take on an 8-2 and two Vikings team who did get dump-trucked by the Cowboys and the Vikings. While they've got an 8-2 and two record, there's a lot of people not believing that they're that good, even though they're leading the NFC North by a boatload that once they get to the postseason, these close games against these weaker teams, that's not going to bode well for them. Like, maybe they're just not ready to fly just yet, that they could possibly be a one-and-done once they get to the postseason. And this is a Patriots team that's just really solid under Bill Belichick and always has been. Yeah, I mean, with the Patriots, it starts with their defense. They're one of the best defenses in the league, you know, in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback. I think they pressure pressure the quarterback second highest percentage on a down-to-down basis just behind the Dallas Cowboys. 
They can get pressure with four. One of the things that they love to do, use under fronts and passing situations where they get Matthew Judon isolated against a tackle and they overload to the other side. So offenses either have to slide the protection away from Judon and leave a true one-on-one for him against a tackle, or you know they can you know half-man slides and things like that to try to get some help against Judon. But when they do that, guys like Dietrich Wise, guys like Josh Uche, they've, they've stepped up as well. So this is a very good Patriots defense. Very excited to see the matchup when the Vikings have the football. But for Minnesota, Bill, I almost feel like I can't talk about the Vikings with you anymore because remember, all summer long at the start of the season, I was like, no, I'm not buying them, I'm not buying them. Then they beat the Bills, and I come on last week and say, all right, fine, I give up. The Vikings are for real. And like you said, they get dub-trucked by Dallas. And so the Vikings are a head-scratcher. Right now it looks like, yeah, they'll get in. But I don't think we can really buy the Vikings as more than, like you said, a one-and-done team because of – when they've played good opponents, Philadelphia, Dallas, we've seen the results. Yes, the Vikings have had some wins this year, obviously. They're sitting at 8-2, and two, but you look at the teams that they've beaten, other than Buffalo on a fluky set of circumstances, the good teams that they've played have lost. That might happen again if they can't protect Kirk Cousins on Thursday night. It's going to be a fun one to watch, you know. but I think that the game will be decided when the Vikings have the football. Uh, another big game. There's only a couple more left on the docket that are really good. Uh, one on Sunday, you've got Cincinnati coming back against the Titans. Cincinnati six and four. They're going to get Jamar Chase back. The Titans coming off of that win over the uh, over the uh, Packers, and they look really good, seven and three. But they're a grinded out, fundamentally sound team. They're playing down in Nashville. Give me your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be interesting because the Bengals have sort of figured things out, right? Remember earlier in the season. All the stories that were written about the Bengals that look, you know, they can't figure out cover two. You know, they can't figure out their run pass pass splits. They, you know, really sort of give things away from a tendency perspective. You know, if they're in the gun, they're running, they're throwing the football. If Burrow is under center, they're going to run it. They've figured out some tendency breakers over the past couple of weeks. And even without chasing the lineup, you know, they've been explosive in the downfield passing game. What's been sort of fascinating to watch, Bill, is how they've used T. Higgins since Chase has gone down, you know, they've sort of moved him around a bit, sort of in, uh, in the in a similar way to how they used Chase. They put him in the slot. They put him up the three receiver to the trips. And so they figured out a way to put some points on the board, stress defenses to all levels of the field, particularly between the safeties when they get those two high looks. You know, with Tennessee, you know, we know what they do. They want to run the football and then be explosive in the play-action passing game. Off of that, I thought a big part of their win last Thursday night against Green Bay, Traylon Burks, the rookie receiver out of Arkansas, gave them two big explosive plays, which is what they need. They, they're not going to win you know, with Tannehill thrown at 50, 60 times a game, but when they go with those deep shots, when they go with those deep shots, but still have to play on off a of play-action like they had late in that game with that second of the big two big catches from Burks, they have to be able to finish those plays and take advantage of those opportunities. And so, you know, that's sort of what I'm watching in that one. Very curious to see if what Cincinnati has done in the past couple of weeks offensively continues when they play the Titans. Hey, real quick before I let you go, Packers coming up on Sunday night, taking on the Eagles. This is their last gasp. They lose this game all but mathematically completely done. The season's over. Uh, Give me your thoughts on uh, on the Packers going into Philadelphia on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, what's been interesting with Philly the past couple of weeks is they've looked vulnerable, right? Now, obviously... You know, they had the loss a couple of weeks ago to Washington. You know, and even this Sunday against Indianapolis, it took till the last minutes for them to finally take the lead and put themselves in a position to win that game. It's going to be, can the Packers run the football? Because that's, I think, a weakness right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Yeah, they added Sue, they added Linval Joseph, and they helped them stop and slow down the Colts running game a little bit on Sunday, but those are some veteran guys, and they don't have their full legs underneath them yet. If the Packers can run the football, you know, they got a chance to pull out this game. But like you said, it's a last gas type of moment. They need to win this game to keep those slim playoff folks alive. If not, I think that gets us to the sort of Jordan Love discussion we were having earlier in the show. Great stuff as always, Mark. I appreciate it. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk again next week, okay? You too, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all the listeners. Thanks so much for having me. We'll talk next week. Absolutely, buddy. There you go. That's our buddy Mark Schofield, SB Nation, at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D, Mark Schofield, over at SB Nation. Great stuff from him, as always. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. And uh, Mark's right. He said most of the good games are on tomorrow uh, for the NFL this weekend. He's re- That's really true. I mean, when you look at some of the other matchups, you got the Ravens on the road against the Jaguars, the Buccaneers. They're on the road against the Browns now. You're going to have Deshaun Watson practicing. Is he eligible to come back, Ben, by the way, this week? Is Deshaun Watson coming back this week or is it next week? Next week, the Texans. Next week, yeah. Uh, That's right, that's right, because the Texans are on the road against the Dolphins. That's kind of a yawner. I guess there could be interest in Chicago on the road taking on the Jets, who just benched their starting quarterback. Uh, The Falcons and the Commanders, eh, five and six against six and five. Oh, okay, maybe a little bit. You got the Chargers who are underperforming at 5-5, five and five, taking on the Cardinals. That's kind of a yawner. The Seahawks at home uh, got the Raiders coming into town. You got the Saints and the 49ers. That's kind of a yawner of a game. The Monday night game is the Steelers and the Colts. Between those two teams, they have uh, a total of seven wins. The Rams, who are faltering terribly, go into Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs uh, in the afternoon game on Sunday. Really, the only two games of interest are... You know, a really good uh, team that's trying to come back and defend its AFC championship in Cincinnati going into Tennessee, who just knocked off the Packers, and then the Packers on Sunday night, for our interest, taking on the 9-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. But the good games, for the most part, are on on uh, on, uh, on Thursday. Good stuff. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. they got a lot coming up, including pictures with Santa and a lot of different gift ideas going on out there. New motor clothes are in. They've got all kinds of parts that have come in. And if you're looking to order something, maybe for your bike or someone else's, gift cards and such as well, go to wishd.com. That is wishd.com. Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, Highway 67 in Oconomowoc, just south of the highway by the Dockhounds New Stadium. Stop in. Tell them we said hi, and they have a ton of bikes on the showroom floor, a bunch of bikes that have come in. So if you're looking for a new bike, now's the time to go out and get one. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This portion of the program brought to you by good friends over there at Quick Trip. Do not forget, if you're going to head over to Grandma's house, this is the way you do it. Stop over to Quick Trip, get yourself some gas. When you get there, you type in your Quick Rewards number. Got to have one of those. Got to. Type it in. You are automatically registered for the opening drive contest with the Green Bay Packers. When you hear your name called, when Wayne and Larry call your name and say, hey, you know, Ben Kenny is our opening drive contest winner. And then for every yard garnered, 
in the opening drive, uh, you will receive 10 bucks uh, via gas card. And then if they score, you can get up to 500 bucks. So not a bad way to go from our friends over there at Quick Trip, a proud partner and sponsor of Green Bay Packer football. Good, good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Our buddy, P- our buddy Peter Bukowski uh, from the Locked on Packers podcast at Peter underscore Bukowski joining us on the hotline. Pete, how you been, buddy? I, I'm good. Um, I, I'm, I am ready to eat my face off this week, Bill. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know what? I, uh, I am looking forward to tomorrow in many different facets. We actually have good games tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Not only do you wake up, you got the parade, but then you've got the Bills and the Lions. The Bills playing pretty good football, obviously, and the Lions now on a bit of a win streak and looking relevant again. The Giants and the Cowboys battling for the top spot with the Eagles over in the East. And then the Patriots at 6-4 and four taking on the Vikings and on the Vikings paper champions right now to the NFC North. we got good games. I'm excited, but... Aaron Rodgers doesn't know what the end of the year is going to hold. Uh, were you a little disconcerted yesterday when he said on Pat McAfee he doesn't know what his future holds? I mean, what else is he going to say? He's been saying this for two years now. I mean, I would have been more surprised, honestly, Bill, if he'd have said, yeah, I'm coming back. No question about it. We're doing this again. We're running it back. Like, that would have been more surprising to me. Now, all of that said, he, he is either uh, going to play for the Packers, I, I still think, play for the Packers or play somewhere else. He has almost 60 million fully guaranteed on his contract next season. He gives Mm -hmm. that up. If he retires, it is hard for me to believe even with as much money as Aaron Rodgers has made that he would give that up. And, And that is before even counting what, what money he may have lost in crypto, because remember he's been taking some of his salary in crypto over the last year and a half. And that has not uh, worked out great. I would imagine for him. So this is it is either he is going to play or he is going to move on or the Packers are going to move on from him. I don't think retirement is really a realistic option for him at this point. But to your point, I think that we should be asking ourselves if Aaron Rodgers is going to want to stick around on this team, given the current trajectory. And if the Packers think that it is in their best interest to continue the way that this is going. This that that's a really tough question. Do you do you look at this and say, you know what, uh, Joe Barry has been a dismal failure. There's actually talent on this defense. We just need to bolster a few positions, get them uh, another maybe a veteran wide receiver, and, and then again in the draft, and then you run it back. And you're going to do it with a couple of different guys. We understand that, uh, but you're going to run it back with Aaron Rodgers and take another stab at this. Do you do that, or do you say, you know what? We just we're done waiting. It just this year was supposed to be the year, and it has been a dismal failure for so many reasons. It's just time to blow it up. I hate to do that when you've still got a couple of years of a Hall of Fame quarterback in your back pocket. But what what is in the best interest of the Green Bay Packers right now in the here and the now? I don't think we can answer that question unless and until we see Jordan Love play. I mean, I think we need to see him get a couple games in here. I, mean, I think the, the perfect opportunity for that question to get answered is for the team to, you know, I think they should keep trying to make the playoffs. I, I think certainly you, you go until you can't go, but you, you, you know that this is probably not the season, right? That you're going to compete for a Super Bowl title. So if you can get two, three Jordan Love games, that gives you a better chance to evaluate his growth. Brian Gutekind said last year that he is, he is basically evolved and grown as much as he can given practice reps and preseason reps that they need to see him on the field. And remember, it was a 2007 game against the Cowboys in the regular season that solidified Aaron Rodgers as the future of the team. They'd seen it in practice. 
and then he put it together in games. It's easy to forget now how dismal Aaron Rodgers looked in actual regular season game action before that game. I think that was the punctuation. That was the the exclamation point on what they had started to see in practice um, and and the abilities that he had there. I think they need to they need to figure out what Jordan Love is because I don't think you can go into full fledged rebuild mode. There's too much money on the books. There's too many quality players on this team to even think about attempting that. I don't think it makes sense for them to do that. Then it becomes, okay, what can you get for Aaron Rodgers? What does Aaron Rodgers want to do? And I I don't think you can say, okay, it's time for a trade short of either getting back. If you like you, if you really like Derek Carr, let's say, and you could get Derek Carr in a trade for Aaron Rodgers with a pick or two and a, a player. Okay. That makes sense. Um, what, what could you, what could the New York Jets be willing to offer in a trade to to send you know Matt Lafleur's quarterback to to play for Mike Lafleur in an offense that he would know and, and a team ready to compete right this second? Um, I think all of those are, hinge on what you're looking at with Jordan Love and can you make that move and say okay Jordan Love is the guy in 2023 and 2024 and then you figure it out from there. The, the, the blow-up, I don't think, is a viable option here. And so that makes this all really interesting. If Aaron Rodgers wants to come back and the Packers say, we don't think that's the best idea, then, I mean, Bill, this could get contentious. It could get ugly, um, which is great for, for you and me, but but really bad for the Packers. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to go back to something you said uh, about Brian Gutekunst and what he has to do. Let me ask you this. Uh, I went through this the other day. From 2017, 18, and 19, they've got a total of five players left on this roster. One of them is the last draft of Ted Thompson. The first two are from, uh, obviously, Brian Gutekunst. And then there's the question mark that is Jordan Love. If Jordan Love turns out to be somewhat of a failure, that means you've got A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, and John Runyon, basically, that have been solid contributors, or at least contributors, out of that draft. And you can't even really consider DeGuara that which means in four years you will have a total of maybe seven or eight guys that actually contribute to the team. And beyond that, you don't have anybody. That is an unbelievable indictment of uh, a general manager that has missed on talent. Give me your thoughts on Brian Gutekunst as a talent evaluator and a drafter. Yeah, I think think you're looking at a situation where this draft is going to be really important for him because you you can say, okay, Jair Alexander, he got that. And that's a really important piece. And, and he's a really good player. And they signed him and gave him all that money. And if you had a defensive coordinator that was willing to let Jair be Jair, then maybe you'd really be, you'd really have something. Um, but then you, you get the extra first that you used on Don R. Savage. That looked like a really good pick at the time. It no longer looks like a really good pick. And so then you went through it. I mean, the, the, I think the 2020 draft, if Jordan Love is good, then you sort of don't worry about it. Um, but Amari Rogers... Um, Josh Myers when it could have been Creed Humphrey, um, you know Jay Sternberger when it could have been Terry McLaurin. There, there mm-hmm. were there were some some real things that make you go, oh, this is this is not great. That, all that being said, let's not forget the first year that he gets an opportunity to spend money because of the cap. He goes out and gets the Darius Smith. He goes out and right. gets Preston Smith and Adrian Amos and Billy Turner, and that I think fundamentally alters the way that this team looks. He got Devondre Campbell. He got Russell Douglas. So I, th- I think that part of it has to be taken in here too, but that's why this draft is so important. This this 2022 draft, Quay Walker starting to develop. We've started to see the hints at Christian Watson's incredible 
game-breaking ability if he can be consistent. All of a sudden, this draft, Zach Tom looks like he could be a future starter. Romeo Dobbs, this draft could be the draft where you just go, okay, this alone earns him a couple more years to figure this all out. But I was, I was saying this on my show today, Bill. Um, do, does this team approach things differently without Aaron Rodgers, without a, a quarterback making $50 million? Could they do the Howie Roseman in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts and, and that situation? How would that change? I think that tells you a lot about an organization's quality. If they can build on, rebuild on the fly with a new quarterback on a rookie deal, I, I think that, that tells you about the quality of a team and, and the approach they really want to take. I think Aaron Rodgers, in a lot of ways, has tied their hands on what they can really do with this team. And I, I'd sort of love to see them get a chance to remake this team fully in their own image. The same way you know, a college coach gets three or four years to get their players into the system after they come to a new program. they got to get their guys in and then we can judge them. I think in the, in the post-Aaron Rodgers era, we'd have to give this, this group you know, two, maybe three years to sort of try and remake this on the fly to figure that part of it out. The uh, You've got uh, Matt LaFleur at times. It depends on who you talk to. Some people say he looks like a kid that doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Others say they believe he's lost the team. Others say that he is protecting his players and doing a great job and there's a, a great relationship behind closed doors. I don't know necessarily what to believe. I know perception becomes reality in a lot of people's minds. And right now, the optics just aren't good. Give me your thoughts on Matt LaFleur. Oh, I, I think my, no, no. my perception of no person within the Packers organization has changed more in the 2022 season than Matt LaFleur. I thought Matt LaFleur was, um, the, you know, not the second coming of Vince Lombardi, to be sure, but I thought he was going to be a Mike Holmgren-like figure in Green Bay where he shepherds in a new era of just year after year um, this team is a Super Bowl contender. I thought the, the early changes that he made culturally were were really important to getting this team back to playing good football, to to detoxifying um, a, a culture that had really turned sour, no matter what you, you want to hear from publicly from some of these players behind closed doors. That was an ugly situation. We, we kind of heard um, – you remember, go back to 2019, you hear the, the, that team talk about Aaron Rodgers, Brian Bulaga, David Bakhtiari, about how much fun they were having playing football again. That is, that is because of Matt LaFleur. And then there's, there's so much beautiful design in this offense, so much wonderful scheme and game planning that goes into this offense when Matt LaFleur is allowed to be Matt LaFleur. But at a certain point, you know, for, for all the criticisms that I've offered of some of the, the ways that this offense has changed and Aaron Rodgers wants it to look like one way and Matt LaFleur wants it to look another you're the head coach. You are ultimately the captain of the ship, which means you have to set the tone. And at a certain point, you have to grab the bull by the horns. And I don't just mean the bull as in Aaron Rodgers, but as in the whole team and say, this is how this is going to go. I am the head coach. And this is how things are going to run now because it is in the best interest of the organization to do it. He hasn't done that. Now, in the last couple of weeks, the offense has looked a little bit more like a Matt LaFleur offense. I do think he has done that to a point. But the fact that this team is still making mistakes defensively, um, big, big mental errors, um, is, is partially an indictment of Matt LaFleur, who hired Joe Barry, I think, in a panic to get this right. I think there are just a lot of things that I did not expect to be problems that are problems this year that reflect pretty poorly on Matt LaFleur. Good stuff as always, Peter. I appreciate it. I know you got to run, but thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes, okay? Of course, Bill. Anytime.
Thanks, pal. There you go. Peter Bukowski uh, of the Lockdown Packers podcast at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can find his stuff. There always has good stuff, good insight. It's, uh, man, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's kind of a tough scenario right now in Green Bay because there's so much to wrap your arms around. We'll discuss it when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.